Hey everybody, this is Carissa Clark and Dakota Hamilton, and you're listening to Nervous, Nervous Clicks. Clicks. All right, hey everyone, welcome to our first podcast. We are so excited to be here. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, <laughs> no, it's just it's funny. This is the first time we get with all the cameras and the lights and stuff. Yeah, and it's a little awkward. Kind of like on the spot, like, uh, wait a minute, what are we doing? Yeah, it is. It's it's awkward, but that's okay. Yeah, we'll get through this. Yep. <laughs> Um, but yeah, speaking of that, the name of the, of the podcast is Nervous Clicks. Um, so we're both obviously nervous, but at the same time, the clicks relates to um, both of us being photographers, and that's actually how we met. Yep. So, um, <laughs> you want to talk about yourself a little bit? Yeah. So, um, hi, I'm 24 years old, and <laughs> so, anyways, we met back in. 2018 the summers when Dakota initially first like messaged me um I started my freshman year at ETSU in the fall of 2017 so by 2018 it was my sophomore year but anyways um I could feel like I'm just rambling no you're good okay anyways so um he contacted me and he did not say these exact words I'm just paraphrasing he said yo I really like your work I really like your pictures I think you're really good. Why don't you come help me out with athletics? Because uh, if anyone doesn't know, Dakota is the athletics photographer for ETSU. So, you know, of course I was very flattered and shocked because uh, I just started doing photography as a hobby. I didn't actually think I would go anywhere. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I started off, I guess, doing really well. Like I caught on to things pretty quickly, but sports was different because, you know, now things are moving. So, anywho, uh, fast forward to a year later, uh, summer of 2019 is when we first started, like, working together. Um, I started volunteering and, like, basically following him around, and he was, like, showing me how to do things and, like, settings on camera and stuff like that. And so, we did that up until uh, pretty much uh, March of 2020, like, right after the SOCON tournament when we all got sent home. Yep, the good old pandemic and the lockdown. <laughs> yeah, that was that was rough. Yeah, that, yeah. Um probably one of the things we might talk about today, but for sure, kind of what I thought about when we like talked about doing a podcast in the first place was like that initial like isolation. And, yeah. Like, so, but no, yeah, I thought, um, also it'd kind of reach out to other people too. And, um, just talk about <laughs> mental health and everyday things, whether that's going to school, um, me a little older at 29, um, <laughs> kind of figuring out your place in the world. Um, but yeah, so hopefully we can, uh, <laughs> bring up some things that can help and, or just, and, or anything, just hang out, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Just a place to kind of just hang out, listen and, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. So the way we came up with, um, title of our show, well, I'll say we, to be fair, it was Dakota that came up with that. <laughs> I'm going to put him on the spot because it's actually like really good. Like, uh, I think last week or yeah, when we were talking about doing this podcast and stuff, like we were like, Oh, we got to think of a name. Yeah. And it was and, like the first thing I said, nervous clicks. How about that? Yeah. It was literally the first thing he said. And I'm like, <laughs> dang, that was actually pretty good. Like we just knew that we had to stick with it because it just, it makes so much sense. And like, yeah. we couldn't have thought of anything better. So yeah, <laughs> I'm going to title or credit that to, uh, Dakota. You're welcome. <laughs> um, and then for those of you that don't know, yes, this is a podcast forum, but we also have a YouTube channel, so you can also see us on video as well. So yep, follow, if there's subscribe, follow. If there's certain things that 
you know, that are visual will be like, okay, podcast listeners, if you want to see this, go to our YouTube channel. But obviously, you could still listen in. But we'll let you know if there's anything like that. So. Yep. All right. Let's say we get started. All right. All right. So Dakota's going to kick us off here with talking about depression and just the whole definition throughout history. Yeah. Um, so, like, let me ask you, oh. like, what is depression? Like, I think when people think of depression, the first thing that pops to my mind, don't laugh, <laughs> is like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean... I don't know. For some reason, that has as a child growing up watching Winnie the Pooh. You know, I was always like, "Why is he so sad?" You know, and then so yeah, that's the first thing that pops up in my mind. And I think when I was a kid, I didn't really view depression in like a a positive way. I just thought like someone was like sick or like something was wrong with them. Mm-hmm. Like if you're sad all the time, you know, I just I just didn't really have like a whole concept of what actually depression is. So yeah, yeah. Um- I guess maybe a little bit of my thing too, before I actually knew what it was um, or what I think I knew what it was in middle school. And I started experiencing my first symptoms then. And kind of like what the definition here says, just like, you know, you kind of feel sad, irritable, have trouble sleeping every once in a while. But if those feelings become, (laughs) if they get over a couple days, then it is like a serious mood disorder. And the depression that I think that we know but to the general public, it is like, uh, oh, you're depressed. Get over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like that's kind of like there's like a stigma, you know, which we will talk about later at the yeah, end of this we'll podcast. That, but, yeah. oh, yeah, definitely for sure. Yeah, because it affects your ability to feel, think, handle daily activities. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so because some of those like major depressive disorder or even like clinical depression, person must have the symptoms for at least two weeks to be diagnosed officially. So, like, as far as medication, um, well, I guess yes, medication, but talk therapy, you could just do anytime. I mean, that's yeah, just yeah. for anybody. You don't have to have a mental disorder. Like therapy is just great. Just it is if, if you need to even just work through something small, but yeah, it, it helps. Cause I mean, I know lots of people that do not have a mental illness and that see therapists regularly Yeah, and it, it, it like helps a lot. I mean, everyone, obviously it's not going to be the same for everyone. And like, I think we can all agree with that. Yeah. Like, you know, just like medication isn't going to work for everyone. Therapy might not work for everyone, but you know, I think it's a combination of just, you know, being brave and stepping forward and, you know, being vulnerable, I think is the key and getting help because, you know, we're human. We all struggle with things and, you know, I don't think we should all be stigmatized or looked down upon because we struggle with things or a mental illness. Yeah. And I think that is the hardest part is the vulnerability and uh, letting yourself be vulnerable because you're like, uh, I don't know if I should get help or what I should do or people think of me bad or crazy or something like that but no it's to help you i mean that's what you gotta you don't it's not necessarily being selfish but you do have to think about yourself every now and then oh yeah take care of yourselves people (laughs) um but yeah major depression um a little bit more specifically, I think that's kind of what I already covered in the main de- uh, de- uh, main description. Can't talk. But uh, they'll interfere with, again, the ability to work, sleep, study, eat, enjoy most aspects of life. And uh, episode of major depression may occur only once in a person's lifetime, but it is common to have several episodes. Um, I've definitely experienced that personally, um, where it is episodes in terms of like months at a time or even sometimes a year. Um, or years but yeah um, i can't say because i've only had mine for the past month so (laughs) i I don't know enough about or i don't have enough experience but sorry go ahead no you're fine um then uh 
psychotic depression, a little bit more severe depression associated with delusions, seasonal affective disorder, which is characterized by those symptoms that usually appear during the winter months or where it's less natural sunlight. Um, then persistent depressive disorder, which those can last two years or longer, but are less severe than those of major depression. So that's kind of like, um, just like that steady, I wouldn't argue or, or not argue, but <laughs> say like it's minor depression over a long time because that's the next uh, description here, which it's similar to major depression, but the symptoms are less severe and may not last as long. But at least with persistent, it's like just kind of that just steady. Like, yeah, it's not really like an up and down basis. It's just, like a... Exactly. You're in the hole yeah, and you can't get out. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, but arguably major depression, it's one of those other weird things like that at least in this definition, it's characterized as several episodes, but yeah, <laughs> it's a little hard to ca characterize. Obviously we're not doctors or anything. We're just kind of talking about this um, and just getting or grabbing <laughs> definitions from the internet. But I thought that would help us like intertwine these in the conversations of this podcast. Yeah. But, and then um, also um, says it like bipolar disorder. So mm -hmm. I kind of like talk about that real quick. Cause yeah. like, at first, when you think about it, when I initially researched, I was like, there's no way it's depressive disorder. Like, you know, I just didn't, from what I've learned in like psychology and stuff, I was like, ah, I can't be, you know, because I thought, I thought it was a personality disorder or something from my poor memory. Mm -hmm. um, but anyways, but yeah, and then you like read more onto it and it's like, it, it kind of makes sense because on one extreme, it is, I will say it is different from depression. Like, um. Because even when you look up on the internet or even in from the DSMV, like it's, um, it's different from depression. DSM stands for Diagnostical and Statistical what Manual. What does V stand for? Five. Version five. Oh. That's a real I thought I just made it. I almost said the DMV. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> anyways, so like, because like someone with bipolar disorder, like they have like, like two extremes, right? It's like either an extreme of a low mood, like depression or like an experience of like a extreme high, like what they call mania. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, that's why it's characterized as like depression or a depressive disorder. Yeah. Or at least within the same realm of depression. Right. It's it, in the same family. Yeah. It's different, but it's still relatable. I guess I think. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, like, uh, as far as the actual depression itself and personal experiences, um, yeah, it's uh, not really sure what to say about it. It's hard to like put into words. It's one of those things. It's it, it is dark. It is scary, and sometimes you don't know what to say, feel, talk about. You just don't want to do. Uh, yeah. You just feel helpless. Yeah. <laughs> um. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been taking, um, antidepressants for a while and it, it, they have helped, but I have also realized that certain ones kind of, or I get used to certain ones over time and then I have to switch. And then whenever I switch, I kind of, not like panic, but like, I'm like, uh, <laughs> is this going to work or not? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a <laughs> mysterious, it's kind of like, uh, what's that game being boozled or whatever, <laughs> yeah. where it's like, you don't know which jelly bean you're getting. It could either be like dog food or like cinnamon or something delicious like that oh, i remember the harry potter ones where you get like oh, yeah. booger flavored and earwax oh. yeah, yeah don't gross. ever do that don't ever try it just we're please. gonna do that challenge here uh in the next episode 
<laughs> yeah, we're going. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> uh, but um, but yeah, it 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 is one of those things. It's hard to explain, but yet, or at least me personally. But I know, like, it is just one of those like dark areas you can't seem to get out of. And luckily, I have people like Carissa, one of my best friends, to talk me through things sometimes whenever she's available or can wake up Dakota (laughs) I'm just kidding I'm just kidding (laughs) but yeah I mean he he does make a good point like having people when you're going through these rough times it it helps because I feel like as someone with a mental illness that struggles a lot with anxiety like and like you know you also feel not only when you feel vulnerable you also feel like alone a lot of the time, especially those of us that have experienced depression. You're not alone. Yeah. That please take that out of anything of this podcast. Take out that you are not alone. There's lots of us, if not millions of us, I could be wrong. Do not quote me on that, that, (laughs) that do struggle with this. Yeah. And like I said, um, it's very easy to be like, Oh, there's no one that can go through as much as I do, you know? Cause I will say that I, I was thinking that like a few weeks ago when I was going through this and, you know, it was kind of like you just feel, like like we said, just helpless. Like, it's something that is hard for some of us to describe because it's such a dark, deep, lonely place that is in reality, but yet you don't want it to be, I guess is what I could say. Um, yeah, it's, it's rough, but... I feel like out of all the storms and stuff, you know, that's why I keep telling myself every time, like I struggle with something, there's always going to be rain. There's always going to be sunshine after the storm. Um, Cause you know, the thing is too, like the impatient person that I am that I automatically think that like, Oh, I can just, you know, pop a Xanax or something and go to bed and then wake up tomorrow morning, you know, like completely healed and like, you know, won't struggle. Like, that was my mindset, you know, and it's really hard to get out of that mindset because for, like, mental illnesses or even anxiety and depression, like, it, you, it's not going to happen or get better overnight. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of work um, and a lot of different things. And like I said, there's lots of coping mechanisms and strategies for different people. And because, you know, not everything works for everyone, you know, not medication. Ugh, I cannot speak English. <laughs> Sorry. Can't English. <laughs> yes, I cannot English. <laughs> The perks of being dyslexic. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> laughing over there. I mean, we've both been doing it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, I was going to say, like, you know, there's like different things work for different people, but like, you know, medication isn't going to work for everyone. Therapy isn't going to work for everyone. So, yeah, I'm just putting that out there because, you know, it's just, it's just different. Everyone's different. Like, mm. you just don't know. You just got to find what works best for you and get the right help. Yeah. Yeah, you got to do what works for you. Um, not to just say what exactly what you said, but yeah, um, like even therapies within itself. There's like not to get too much into that, but like be, um, behavioral therapy. Oh yeah, uh, cognitive like, behavioral yeah, therapy. Like cognitive um, CBT. D- uh, dialectri- DBT. Yeah, dialectical behavioral. Psychoanalysis. Um, psycho something. Yeah, psychoanalytic. There's like billions of kinds. There is. But anyway, so uh, I want to start off with Dakota. I'm just going to ask you questions if you'd like to just start sharing like when you first started experiencing depression and like what it looked like for you at that time. And then kind of like, you know, go through like, I mean, you don't have to give us a whole detailed outline, yeah. but you know, yeah. let's get to like major events. 
All right. Is yeah. that okay? No, that's fine. Um, and I think I mentioned it a little bit already, but um, uh, middle school is whenever I kind of started realizing that something was off, something was, um, you know, different. Middle school's rough. Sorry. I just don't put that out there. Middle no, school is rough for everyone. Yeah. I do not want to go back to middle school. Do you? <laughs> no. No. That's, it's high, rough. High school, maybe. There was some good times there, actually, for me. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, middle school is when I noticed some things. Um, as far as key events, I don't remember in that particular time. But, um, like, it was, like, a, some girlfriend type stuff and also maybe going in and out of cliques, so to say, like, the jocks, the the goths. The, you were a jock? No, but oh. like <laughs> just examples. Oh, okay. I was like, hold up, we're gonna have another story time here. <laughs> Let's not go down a rabbit hole. But anyways, I was almost all of them though. <laughs> My senior year, I was just a clump of like every clique. I think <laughs> that, that's actually pretty impressive. So, but I, I, or ultimately, I was just myself. Yeah, seriously. So. That's all we can be. And then that's also when I started my photography business, Stoko Photography. And um, that helped boost my confidence and um, that helped. So like it, in the middle school, again, I don't know, I don't remember specifics, but yeah, there was like kind of like a little dark period. And then high school, uh, probably 10th or 11th grade, things started getting better slowly. Still wasn't on any medication at all. Just kind of was just figuring it out on my own, I guess. Or just thinking about those certain, whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. And then, but yeah, senior year, definitely a lot better. Um, my first year, or at least uh, Mountain Empire, um, that was relatively fun. I don't remember any uh, events during then. But uh, it, things started happening for me whenever I transferred to ETSU. And I'm not blaming ETSU at all, by any means. And there was just a lot of stuff behind the scenes, a lot of stuff at work, a lot of stuff in my personal life, a lot of stuff that just kind of happened. And, uh, like things with work, I think there's always going to be stuff. <laughs> yeah. There, there's always stuff. <laughs> and, um, but yeah. Um, but the, one of the bigger things during that time and for sure, like, um, I think it was early 2018. Cause I graduated with my master's in 2017 and then, um, yeah, 2018, I went through a really bad breakup, and that was whenever, uh, like, those uh, familiar feelings from middle school came back, and that's when I was like, okay, um, something's wrong again. I need to figure out what it is this time, because even back then, I didn't go to therapy. I'd go to, like, the school counselors and have, like, you know, little talk sessions, what it felt like. It wasn't true therapy, but... It, it can't semi helped, but it just really didn't. But until I got to ETSU, that's whenever I actually did something or pushed myself to find that help therapy wise and or medication. And uh, shout out to ETSU Counseling Center. That was my start or my first place that I got help. Yep. I can say I've been there too. My first two years. <laughs> yep. No, actually all my years I've been there. But oh, yeah, yeah, they're actually really great. I met some really great clinicians, therapists. Mm-hmm. They're absolutely amazing, and they really helped me, yeah. you know, during through going through ETSU, you know, like 300 and something miles away from home. And then, like, even making an exception for me, because I was already a GA, graduate assistant, and or master's student. Um, apparently, they only see undergrad kids, but they made an exception for me, and that was really cool. It's so. because you probably looked like a kid. Sorry. 
Yeah, probably. You probably Again, passed off to look like a so. freshman, so. <laughs> I currently don't look 29, They're so. like, yeah, we'll, we'll get you in. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. Dakota's baby face. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that's whenever I noticed something was wrong, went into therapy and stuff and started medication. I started on Zoloft, and that really helped. And, um, yeah, then they would, not to get super specific, but then there was some times here and there. Um, since that early period of 2018. And um, then I would say like the biggest one, eh, arguably recently, 2020, the pandemic and the isolation, lockdown, all that stuff. And then for me personally, a few months later, I lost my papaw in May. Um, as far as we know, not to COVID, but um, obviously it's still hard that he passed. And um, it was just, like if it doesn't rain it pours it was just like it just seemed like everything negative or everything bad was just happening <laughs> midlife crisis or wait you've been over 25 so century life crisis maybe <laughs> yeah i had one of those a month ago not fun <laughs> and it would but yeah it was just all kinds of just stuff at once and i was just like man this is terrible and um um i think it was early 2019 i stopped going to therapy for some reason and um and I didn't go back until 2021. And currently I'm at the, uh, I think it's Behavioral Health and Wellness Clinic at ETSU. I think that's what it's called. Anyway, um, that's where I'm at now. And they're doing really good with me. And, <clears throat> excuse me. And, um, I mean, not really what, what to say about it. It's just that they're helping me. <laughs> yeah, I was going to add in. <laughs> Sorry. I, didn't, I had something that then it just slipped my mind. No, no, you're good. While you're <laughs> thinking of that, I'm going to add in. For those of you that live in Johnson City or know the campus of ETSU, the Behavioral Health and Wellness Clinic is that little tiny building in like the smack dab middle of Lucy. Yep. So, Lucy yeah, Clinic. it's like right next to a dumpster, too. It's so like sketchy, but th- it helps. I'll yeah. say that, but... Yeah. Yeah. Good people there. <laughs> yes. Good people. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, without getting super specific, that's kind of like, or at least the re- related to the question you asked me. So, but yeah, so dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, all right. So I feel like I'll just go ahead and start with mine. So, <laughs> Oh, sorry. Yeah. I, no, it's okay. Dino, you're the, the, the same question to you, whatever you asked. <laughs> Look at him trying to catch back up. That's everyone's slow clap for Dakota. Yeah, first podcast. Woohoo. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so I was going to say, like, um, ugh. so I, I feel like I've always been an anxious kid. Like, my parents would even describe me as anxious from the very beginning, like, even as a newborn. And definitely as a child, like, I knew what that feeling was. I just didn't know that, like, it was anxiety, if that makes sense. If anyone catches my drift, if you don't, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's the best I can explain it. But, Anywho, um, yeah, it's just like when I was younger, I definitely did have panic attacks over simple stuff like going to the dentist, going to school, being separated from my parents, going to the doctor to get a shot or just going to the doctor, stuff like that, that like you see common fears in children. But to me, it was like it was extreme. Like I would just like freak out. Um, And a panic attack as a child looks a lot different, or at least it does for me, is when I got into like a teenager and then now adult and teenager is definitely different from adult. So I was about 12, 13 years old when I started taking medication um, for anxiety and ADHD because I could not focus worth the crap. 
<laughs> I mean, I still can't, but <laughs> there was a fact. Um, yeah, um, I started on Prozac, and I've been on Prozac for ever since 2012, so a little over like 11, 12 years now. Um, and then I've been taking a Shotera, which for those of you that don't know, is a non-stimulant. I have just recently tried stimulants, um, for example, such as Ritalin and Adderall and all that stuff, but... For me, like as an anxious person as I am, it just didn't didn't really work. You know, then again, I was on a really tiny dose because I have such sensitive reactions and stuff that like it wasn't really a good dose that would actually work. So it was kind of hard to tell, but it still like made my heart rate go up a lot and gave me tachycardia and stuff. So I've stopped um, trying that out. But anywho, so I've just struggled with anxiety my whole life. Um, You know, I had like big probably the biggest panic attack I've ever had when I was like 13, a teenager. Cause you know, hormones, I'm just going to blame it on hormones. Um, it's probably not fair to blame it on hormones, but I feel like at that age, like I was definitely like emotionally, like struggling a lot too. Um, like mood swings. Whoo. This is a teenage girl. It is rough. But, um, so yeah, like I remember having major panic attacks, like probably around 13, 14. And then like, I sort of kind of got a hold of them. Like I had like minor ones, but it wasn't like to the point where I was like hyperventilating, laying down on the floor, like turning blue like that. Yeah. Um, and then fast track, you know, as I went into like graduated high school, early college, you know, I did fine. You know, I felt times when I was anxious, but it was like manageable. I don't think I ever remember having a massive panic attack, um, up until recently. And then I'd say actually about a month ago is when I, I think so much stuff had happened in my life. I think like Dakota said, like, you know, uh, just feel like the rain pouring. Um, that's what kind of happened to me within at least the recent year that stuff that I just happened in my life that I just didn't deal with emotionally. Like I kind of just pushed it down inside of me because, you know, I was like, oh, I got to get through school. You know, I got work to deal with. Like, I don't have time to deal with this now. And yeah. that was a very, very bad idea because, it, yeah, bottling up n- never yeah. helps or works. <laughs> no, it does not. And I do that naturally too. So it was just really bad. But yeah, so about a month ago, it's just like all of a sudden, like I feel so anxious. And so, you know, then I uh, switched to another antidepressant. So loft. And um, <laughs> let's just say things like just got really, really bad. Um, not mentally just yet, but I mean like physically, like I, I just had really bad reactions. Basically my serotonin levels like skyrocketed and then, you can't really take a test when you go to the doctor to like, they can't test you for your serotonin levels. So by then it was like, Oh, just start, stop taking Zoloft and you'll just have to suffer for the next three days until it goes out of your system. And it was just like, (laughs) yeah, I know it was great. I mean, you remember, I think, right. Cause I was like, I was like laying in bed. Like everything was just, I cannot, I didn't eat for like a week straight. Like everything was so tense. Like my throat muscles, I had tachycardia those days just coming off. Like, I mean, I just physically felt sick, but that's when I feel like my anxiety just started to like really get up and just like smack me in the face. And then after that, it's like I cannot get out of the cycle of anxiety and I became very depressed, like to the point where um, I felt like I just could never get out of the cycle. Like I remember like even two weeks ago, just like crying for like 24 hours straight because I was so anxious and I just kept having panic attacks and like, you know, and then I was like, okay, like I got to take some drugs. I mean, medication. (laughs) Drugs. (laughs) Yes. I'm not advocating to do drugs. Do not do drugs. Okay. No. (laughs) Yes. They're illegal drugs, but please take them if they are prescribed by a doctor. Thank you for coming to my Ted talk. Yes. (laughs) 
Anyway, so, um, and then I just started taking Xanax recently. I'm not on it now, but I took it during the really rough time where I could not get myself out or up out of the cycle. And that seemed to help. I took it for like a week straight. And it was like literally about a week when I was like, yeah, last week, it was probably the first week in like a month that I've actually felt like completely normal. Hence also why I could drive like three and a half hours up here too. Because for a while, it's like I couldn't even leave my house. And so, you know, I think for me initially, like, I just, I, I didn't want to accept that I had like this, like depressed. Like I, I just didn't want to, cause I was like, I guess because of not only the stereotypes, but just because like, for me, it was just like, it, it made me more vulnerable, you know? And I didn't want to be like, you know, people to think like, Oh, just because you're depressed, you're probably suicidal too. You know, like all that stuff. Yeah. And then finally I was like, okay, like I gotta get help. Like, you know, I can't just take medication. Like, you know, I gotta, so I had to just force myself to like, do regular things to get over my anxiety or I just say you know like embracing the struggle doing the uncomfortable things and that was me exercising three to four hours a day which I still do which is a little extreme but I have to exercise a lot to get rid of stress and anxiety and that helped so much you know I also have to eat like a healthy diet or at least healthy for me like I can't just eat all sugars but for me that helped too because you know I think there's been like studies about like anxiety and like stomach related issues. I'm trying not to go off on a tangent, but like, no, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. So like the stomach and your brain, I think have a great connection or Mm. they connect somehow. So for me, it was like, if I didn't eat, it would just make me anxious. So I think just by doing stuff like that and like, you know, going back to class and stuff, like not necessarily like distracting my mind, but just forcing myself to continue to push on, you know, like that doesn't mean I'm not, you know, I'm not taking a mental health day or like, you know, if I feel bad, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to like, you know, take a stay at bleh, stay at home or, you know, do whatever it needs to do to get better. But I mean, I think it's just, I think the hardest part is just like trying to break that cycle and doing those uncomfortable things to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Or at least it was for me mentally. Like I just, it's one of those things that you wanted to do, but mentally you couldn't <laughs> like your brain when you're depressed for some reason cannot grasp that, that kind of logic. It's like, you yeah. just, it, your brain is so fixated on, Oh, I'm never going to get out. Like, it's just like so stuck. And so negative talking to you. It's like, it is, it's like another person inside your head. Just like, mm-hmm. it's kind of almost like the angel and the devil thing. Yeah. Or, you know, if you guys seem like sitting on one side of the shoulder, not exactly like that, but <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, definitely like that dualism. Um, but it seems like it's only the, or as far as that example, it's only the devil inside your mind. You don't have any angelic or positive thoughts. Right. And it's like, it's basically you versus that, those negative thoughts. And it's very overwhelming. And that's why a lot of people, I think feel like find it hard to like get through because like I said, you feel so lonely you feel like you don't have anyone on your side to help you get through this. I think there's like a part too that some people are like, oh, well, they don't understand me or they don't get me. So yeah. there's that too. Like I've thought that for a while and then it's like, no, you got to get out of that thinking. <laughs> yeah, You do. It, it's, it's hard. It's probably one of the most mentally hardest things, you know, someone just a person can do like, I mean, I'm not exaggerating. Like it, it really is hard, mm, even yeah. though it, it sounds so simple. Like yeah, you know, it should be easy. And right. We're not like, Oh, snap out of it. Cause that, that's just hypocritical for me to even say that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, snap out of it, Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> snap but out of it. Chris. It, it. You can't like, I, I wish you could. And I wish I could, but like there is days like kind of what you were mentioning. And at least me personally, I I'm just sitting 
or laying down or yeah. doing nothing. You don't want to or mean to, but that just ends up what ha- what ha- or ends up um like you ends up you doing. Yeah, or, yeah, you just don't I don't do anything for the day productive and it yeah, so Yeah, like I said, I work different for everyone, but I felt like when I was actually like very very depressed like a few weeks ago, like I I think sitting down and doing nothing for me like it just made it so much worse. It, yeah, no. And so like I remember my mom, shout out to my mom. <laughs> She was, um, she was actually like giving me chores to do while she was gone to work. Like she would make, she would have me like wash the dishes or like get outside and like mow the lawn or something, you know, a task like that where it wasn't like I was just sitting or dwelling in my own anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. And that, cause that's what I was basically doing for like a month. It's just a, it's a very bad feeling, but yeah. So like I said, like it just, I don't know. Cause when you like, and I think also too, like I started like seeing a new therapist and stuff and that kind of helped because I, I hadn't had therapy for a long time. I've done play therapy since I was like four or five and continued therapy and counseling like throughout my whole entire life. And then when the pandemic hit, you know, COVID, it's like oh, yeah. when I stopped, <laughs> you know, even though like things became more accessible where you could do like telehealth and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I think I just stopped because I don't know. I can't think of any excuse right now, but I just I think just stuff got like so like dealing with other things, like just trying to. F- get into community college back at home and mm. continuing my education and stuff. Just but things got overwhelming for you. Yeah. Yeah. That I didn't yeah. really take care of myself mentally. And it's, it's very easy to do, you yeah. know, to like forget because it's like, Oh, there's so many other important things. And then next thing you know, it, it build up for too long. Yeah. I know at least for me, there's like that disconnect with telehealth. Like you're looking at somebody on the screen, <laughs> you know that they're helping, but it just, yeah, it's not the same as being like in yeah. person. You know, it's kind of like one of those like, what is that Charlie Brown like? Wah, 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 wah. In a way, yeah. yeah I mean, like no offense like... to anyone, but <laughs> it, that's how it kind of feels like, especially those of us that need yeah. like that feel so isolated. Yeah, it's it, one of the downsides of telehealth. Now, when we were all stuck inside together, it made sense. Yeah, I, yeah, and I understood. Like, I, 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 uh, <laughs> blah 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 blah. <laughs> I do understand and it makes sense, but like after a while, then it was just like, okay, like I'm ready to see somebody in person again, even if they are wearing a mask. <laughs> like it yeah. was just at that point, I was like, yeah, like, like this, this still f- feels better than like just talking to somebody via computer. So yeah. like, like I feel like this is better than a zoom call. I mean, obviously we won't be able to do this every time. Yeah, but, I know. Sadly, Sadness. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the, no, there's just like something about this where it's like just. It's like genuine. It feels more genuine. And yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, there was actually a study. This is totally random. There's actually an article that I read about this study where apparently, like, if you smell people's body odors, like, if you just go and smell someone's groin or, like, armpit or something. Groin? Yeah, yes. It was mentioned on the article. I kid you not. I don't know why I know these things, but, like, I just do. I have free time. Anyways. <laughs> Too much free time. I do. I will admit that. I should be studying for biology. Sorry, Mr. Pulley. Um, anyway, so yeah, because apparently like in a cycle, like in the biological, psychological, however you say it, way, it makes sense. Because if you smell someone's body odor, like if, for example, let's just say Dakota did not wear deodorant today, which could be true. Did you wear deodorant? Yeah, I did. Okay. Deodorant wore deodorant. But let's say he didn't. And let's say I could smell his sweaty armpits. Others would probably be like, ew, that's disgusting. Like, you know, we just feel like we need to barf, right? But for some of us or those of us with anxiety, it could also be a sign of relief because, like, our brain registers it as not feeling alone. 
if yeah. that makes sense. Pheromones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that that thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to say it, but you just said it. <laughs> so yeah. Anyways, I read an article about that, and I was like, "Huh? Would it be weird if I just like went up to people, started smelling their armpits, be like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm having a panic attack. Can I please smell your armpit? Like that? That'd probably be a little too extreme. I think that might have something to do with like actually liking the person or having some sort of connection. Yeah, yeah. To, I don't think it's as random people. Oh, you smell well, good. Well, yeah, no, no, no. Well, in that case, yes, but I'm saying, like, if you actually do smell someone random, like, not like you go up to smell someone random, but I'm saying, like, you're in an elevator and you smell people's body odors. Yeah. Like, obviously, it could be relieving for someone, and there's a study that, like, proved that. Hmm. And so I thought that was pretty cool because it's kind of, like, at the same time, it's like, uh, like, you just want to go and just barf because it's, like, it's just so disgusting. Like just talking about it, yeah. Yeah, no one wants to smell your body odor. Wear deodorant. Y'all, it's getting to be that time of year, too. It's getting to be hot. But anyways, so yeah. If you get anything out of my little tangent, it's wear deodorant. I'm a very stickler for deodorant. <laughs> anyways, okay, so <laughs> getting over that, we're going to go ahead and talk about um, misconceptions and stereotypes about depression. So when I was looking up so um, misconceptions and stuff, um, the first one that I thought and saw... I cannot think and see at the same time. Anyways, the first one that I saw was, you know, this misconception saying that depression only affects women. But in fact, depression affects both sexes. And I want to be gender inclusive too and say if it affects everyone. No matter gender, sex, affects everyone. Yeah. I think we can say that without offending anyone. Anyways, so, um, you know, when I was reading up on this, I was like, it kind of makes sense, you know, like I never really thought that like, for me, I was personally thinking like, you know, there's got to be a low report of men because, you know, there's like this cultural stigma that like, you know, men, they, you know, they don't need to be vulnerable like that. That's not manly. You have to be macho, masculine. Yeah. They, they, yeah. Did you say nacho or macho? Sorry. <laughs> masculine and uh, macho. Oh, macho. Yeah. Okay, I thought you said nacho. I was Nachos. Like, mm. <laughs> yeah, anyways. So, like, so according to the American Psychological Association, estimated 9% of men in the United States have feelings of depression or anxiety each day. And 30.6% of men experience a period of depression during their lifetime. So, it is true that depression is more common in women. Because it affects 10.4% of women compared with 5.5% of men in the U.S. So, I mean, if you think about it, that's a pretty big you know, average or, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. So, um, you know, there's, there's so many symptoms too, but I thought I would, uh, go ahead and ask Dakota because, you know, as studies show, like it's totally different in men as is in women. So what a woman may look like as depressed is not going to look the same for a man. Yeah. Like all the time. I mean, I think we say that broadly because like I said, it, it varies differently in everyone in general. But it's definitely more specific once you get down to, like, the sexes. Yeah, and I think the traditional thinking is like, oh, depression is kind of a feminine type thing, and that's why it's usually, oh, well, it only affects women. Yeah. Obviously not true, but... And I think the other thing that feeds into the stereotype is uh, I I do believe that men don't report on themselves or bring themselves to a therapist or find that help themselves because... one just the afraid maybe and then two like just the fact of what society has and grown in men of oh stand up for yourself 
don't cry, don't do anything. Grow some balls, Dakota. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what I've been at least told, and or or even just get over it and that type of thing. So yeah, that makes me want to punch someone. Don't ever say that to me, by the way. Yeah, it, it sucks, and like I, I wish I could get over it, but you saying that doesn't help anything no it's so. not going to make us magically get over it like it yeah if it did then like obviously like we'd be we wouldn't need therapy or xanax yeah just saying <laughs> um so yeah you want to go ahead and share some symptoms that can include in depression in men yeah um that would be you know, drinking more and taking drugs uh particularly like harder drugs um, avoiding family or social situations or isolating yourself, working obsessively without taking proper breaks. And I think that means like purposely working to distract yourself, but yeah. in an unhealthy way. Um, then, or find it hard to keep up with work or family responsibilities. And I think that kind of goes in a little bit with the isolating and avoiding family and social situations. Um, you become potentially more controlling or abusive in relationships. Again, I think that's different for everybody. Me personally, I've never experienced that. So, um, but then engaging in risky risk taking behaviors such as gambling or unsafe sex and attempting, um, unaliving, <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, just, sorry. Just looking at the uh, symptoms here. Um, not that women can't have any of those, but yeah, it does seem like, those would like be definitely like what's the word um they correlate with men yeah yeah more so That's than women yeah so yeah so i think another one that like ticks me off too is that you know this misconception that depression and sadness are the same so just to clarify fact there are important distinctions between depression and sadness and i think when dakota started introducing us into like the definition of depression, you know, he distinctly clarified between what sadness is and depression. Sadness is like this short-term feeling, as in depression is like this long-term feeling or state of mind, you know? Yeah, weeks um, or months. Yeah, so feelings of sadness do not last long as depressive as a depressive episode, which can potentially persist for weeks, months, or even years. Feelings of sadness tend to resolve on their own, especially with the passage of time and support of family and friends, while depression does not go away on its own. So, like, for example... If I like flunked my biology test, yeah, I'm going to be depressed for like, you know, maybe a day or two and then I'll get over it. But yeah. that's not the same thing as being like clinically depressed. Yeah. You can argue that would be yeah. like a sadness episode or it could be a depressive episode depending on the extremity of it or how you feel. But also like, yes, if the shorter amount of time and you're able to get over that hump, then yeah, I would argue sadness or minor depression yeah and plus like those individuals who are sad only experience feelings of sadness mm -hmm. while those with depression we tend to experience several other emotions like anxiety mm -hmm. emptiness hopelessness so yeah all right another myth is if your parents have depression you will too so this is kind of like genetics like going down the genetics road but it that, can be genetic yeah. but yeah however <laughs> Por favor. <laughs> Not everyone with a family history of depression develops the condition. So while it is true that depression has a genetic component, it does not necessarily mean that children are destined to develop and experience depression like their parents. Yes, depression is genetic, but heredity appears to impact a person's risk and successfully more than the actual development of the condition. So if everyone that makes sense. So it's like it can be genetic, but it also cannot be. Yeah. It's kind of like the chicken or the egg kind of thing i'm thinking like yeah. is is it genetic is it environmental after the yeah fact it could be born? so many things it, yes yeah 
All right. So here's another myth too that like actually all these misconceptions piss me off. But anyways, <laughs> so another one, uh, depression is only brought on by a traumatic event. However, wait, that's not what the word is. <laughs> Fact, while depression can be brought on by a traumatic event, it usually results from other causes. Mm. So the exact cause of depression. Oh. What did it do? Oh, we lost one camera. Yeah, we did. Hang on, we're going to check real fast. This happens during our first podcast. You got it back? Yep, technical difficulties, but we're fine. We're all good. No one lost a leg. Anyway, so the exact cause of depression is unknown, but like Dakota just said, it, it could be a combination of biological, genetic, and environmental factors. While traumatic events can trigger depression, they are not the only risk factors. Depression can also occur without cause. Like the one that I just aired recently. I don't know if I'd say that was directly without cause, but I still think of it because it just randomly happened at once. So even th when things seem to be going well in a person's life, um, you know, if a traumatic event occurs to someone already dealing with depression, it'll just basically like likely intensify their symptoms. Like, can you, can you attest to that? Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Like traumatic events. Um, it, I mean, obviously that can trigger it, but yeah, like it, it, it usually isn't just that it's like, yeah. um, Kind of like I said, like with middle school, and it's like just so many things. I think it's just like a built up buildup of over time. Because my problem is, I just go back in the past and think about past things. What, what coulda, shoulda, woulda done, all that <laughs> yep. type of thing. Yep. I play that game a lot. Um, yeah. So I think it is just like, or at least for me, it, it has been like a buildup of all kinds of things over time. So it's not like just that one traumatic event, and it was like, okay, now I'm depressed and. Yeah, <laughs> like that's it. Yeah. But no, it was. I think it was a buildup of a lot of things over time. Yeah, we have many theories on this podcast show. <laughs> we like to think deep. Anyways, so another myth's conception is depression will go away on its own. And we did talk about this earlier. And that is not true because symptoms of depression rarely improve without professional treatment. Like I felt like if I did not start to either get help with medication by taking Xanax or even starting to see a therapist, I felt like I would definitely not have gotten out of that mm. funk, you know? Um, treatment is necessary in order to address symptoms of depression. It is very rare that depression will go away on its own without intervention. Without obtaining treatment, depression can persist for months or even years or can potentially lead to self-harming behaviors or suicide. And we do not want to see that. No one wants to see that. Mm. You know, it's, it's very sad, mm. I will say. All right, another misconception. You can just snap out of it, as we said earlier. Yeah. <laughs> no, you cannot. Let me reiterate. You cannot just, you, no, 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 no. Depression needs to be addressed with professional care. We are not, as we said before, we are not professional care or we are not professionals. But from our experience, and I think this is like, we can say is broad, um, please seek professional care. Yeah. That's all I can say. Um, you know, getting help for depression is critical to avoid negative consequences because it does lead to negative consequences. You know, treatment can allow a person to restore happiness and to return to normal levels of functioning. And yes, it's, it's going to be awkward at first. It's going to be hard to seek help. Like we've, me and Dakota have both had the struggle of doing that because like I said, it's really rough. But, you know, depression is beyond a person's control and directed by larger biological, psychological, and social factors. So, you know, in the end, developing depression is not a choice. And often mental health treatment is the only way to pull oneself out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, with quality, bleh, with quality care, <laughs> depression is definitely treatable. And 
I can definitely like attest to that. It is. Yes, professional. Is, I was just going to say real fast. Yeah, professional treatment and care definitely helps, obviously. But if you're not able to afford that for some reason, or not able to access that, even a friend or a family yes, member that you trust, friend. yeah, can help. I mean, like just having a a friend recently to go to and hang out with has been awesome, and it's just been. It's been great. Like it, 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 it's yeah. One shout of the, out to Matt. Yeah, <laughs> and um, yeah, it, it's one of those things that like a therapist can't do. Having a buddy or something like that um, can help, along with professional treatment. But again, for some reason, if you can't, for sure, like just reach out to anybody that you trust. Yep. Specifically, Dakota. Everyone, <laughs> just go blow up Dakota's phone. Oh, no. <laughs> he, he's lonely. He needs to talk. <laughs> I mean, you can me, but I'll be taking a biology test. So, <laughs> anyway, so another misconception. Our last one: depression is a sign of weakness. No, it's not. Depression has nothing to do with a person's character. <laughs> so, it's a mental health condition that stems from a chemical imbalance and not from a defect in character. A person does not choose to become depressed. I think that's another misconception mm-hmm. as well. Like, we don't wake up one day and be like, oh, yeah, I, I, I'm just going to be depressed. Like, you know. I choose to be this way. No. Yeah, no. Depression is only viewed as a weakness due to the stigma that society has placed on it. It has nothing to do with a person's mental, emotional, or physical strength. So, speaking of stigmas, real quickly... I want to ask Dakota, you know, what do you think some stigmas of depression are? Um, like <laughs> laziness. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Um, maybe like that you don't care or not engaged, which it is a symptom. But as far as stigma, it's like, oh, this, that because that person's depressed, they don't care about anything. And or stigma wise yeah um and it, it sucks because like you can't or we can't look that way and we don't mean to be it's just because right. of the actual depression de- depression itself but yeah i think like the stigma of depression is different from like that of other mental illnesses and largely due to the negative nature of the illness that makes depressives seem unattractive and like unreliable mm-hmm. and then we can also talk really quickly about the media like how the media portrays people with depression, like it, it will obviously influence folks with no real world experience with a person with a mental health condition. Yeah. So they are not always accurate. Like for example, I remember when I started watching a Netflix like series 13 reasons why it had a lot of unfortunate stereotypes about depression and suicide that like, it was just, it's just not accurate. No, not at all. And I was, before I even looked at the notes, that was the first thing that I thought of. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say like, it's one of the things I think everyone, ha- at least if you haven't seen it, you've at least heard of it. Cause it's, you know, it's on Netflix and it was a big thing yeah. a few years ago. So, um, yeah. And I think another like stigma too, is that like those of us with depression, like we're just lesser people. Like we, we don't have a normal life. We can't hold down a job. We can't keep a relationship, you know, we're the ones that normal people don't know how to deal with. And then, you know, the normal people, they stay away from us because we're like contagious. Like they, they don't want to get the crazy from us, Yeah, you know? And it's like, Oh yeah, I'm definitely contagious. Another good reason why you should mask up. (laughs) Don't want to catch our depression. Yep. (laughs) So, yeah. So I think the stigma results in just so many misconceptions, you know, it can just also be dangerous for a person that is suffering from depression. Why? Because the negative stigma it, like can make someone embarrassed to confess the way they're feeling or reach out to get help for fear of being shamed and being labeled as something like a basket case, you know, like we can stigmatize ourselves. Like 
feeling shame simply for being who we are because of the way that society makes us feel. You know, you know, ugh, my mind just went blank. Anyways, I'm going to say um, some other stigmas too, like, you know, antidepressants are the solution. Drugs slash medications are not always a solution. Yeah. They, they do not work for everyone. I have experience. I've tried so many. Uh, no, I'm going to rephrase that. I have... I have not taken drugs. <laughs> I have taken medication. I've tried so many different medication. That's a, that's a more better word. I'm yeah. just going to try not to say drugs anymore because <laughs> I am not a drug addict. Okay. Um, but yeah, I've tried so many different ones. And like I said, the Zoloft did not work for me, whereas it helps Dakota. Mm-hmm. So like I said, it's Again, not it- the solution to everything. You know, it doesn't hurt to try. And I'm, you know, no one should pressure you into doing it. I think you should, you know, do whatever you want or feels best for you. You know, another one that drives me nuts, people with depression are seeking attention. No, the heck we're not. In fact, some of us are trying to avoid attention. Most of the time. <laughs> like we can both, as we're both introverted, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We can both say that we are not seeking attention. Like, you know, now negate there, there are some people that do, but yeah. majority of us, we do not. <laughs> um, oh yeah. And another one, depression is just a phase. Uh, you'll get over it. Just yeah. You'll get over it. Just, just give it another month or two. Pop that Xanax. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, Listen, I've heard that. You know, it, no, it's not just a phase. It, it's a condition. It's something that affects you for either the rest of your life, either it comes and goes, or it's just with you for the rest of your life. You know, you don't just get out of it. Just like, you know, when people say ADHD is just a phase. You can't flip the switch. No, so you can't. It's in your brain. So, yeah. Is there any others that you can think of? Um, not that I can think of right away. Um, just kind of maybe related to the other ones like maybe hard to work with or um feel like i've already said it but just that disconnect hard to talk to this person because i don't know what to talk to them about because they might be negative and just whatever and that's not always true i mean we don't want to be negative but i mean unfortunately it comes out i mean i'll just be yeah honest. in a negative way and uh in fact that's not our intentions at all yeah it's not earning it or trying to gain attention it's just trying to like maybe connect or maybe like sort of let the other person know not like describe exactly what we're going through but just sort of understand (laughs) yeah 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 no that makes sense so anyways we're going to wrap that up to thank you guys for listening to our first episode we are so very excited to get this started and we are very much looking forward to possible topics in the future so if you guys have any ideas feel free to email us comments yep comments like subscribe yep do all the stuff that you know what to do very all the socials well. yep i'm gonna give this to like my extended family like my great aunts that live in like tennessee since they subscribe to my church's uh youtube channel shout out to uh aunt janice and aunt audrey and aunt doris y'all are the best Although they might not subscribe to me because they probably don't want to hear me listen, but you know, it's worth a shot, but yeah. So anyways, thank you guys. And we'll see you on next week's episode. Yep. Sounds good. See you then.